0: Um, Not all hope is lost. Um, I believe um, we we, we can turn this uh, situation around. Um, You know, there's obviously a lot of moving parts um, from a regulatory perspective and from an ESCOM perspective that need to work together and coordinate to ensure that um, we first track, you know, the generation of power into the grid. So... Um, yeah, just how, go for it, sorry.
1: how are we going to do that, Bongile? Given the delayed rollout of the emergency power procurement plan, uh, which was set to start about a year ago, uh, due to come online this month, you know, how are we going to do that?
0: Um, well, wh- wh- one of the things that can be done, of course, we know that the, um, uh, emergency around, um preferred bidders, some of them are plagued by litigation and environmental approvals. Um, what we do know is that there has been three projects um, under the emergency round um, of 150 megawatts which have been awarded, which have signed PPAs and are expected to close, um, reach financial flows in, in, in 60 days. Um, however, one of the things that excites me is the uh, registration threshold for the generation facilities, which is now at 100 megawatts. Um, what that basically is it means that captive power projects do not need a generation license to generate up to 100 megawatts of power. Um, and all they have to do is really uh, um, apply to NERSA um, and register with NERSA, and they can then be allowed to, you know, construct and commission projects um, for self use. Um, and mostly this will be done by the corporate and industrial users, i.e., your mines, um, your large. Your large manufacturing um, facilities and, and, and companies. Um, and this should, in a way, um, alleviate the strain on, on, on ESCOM. Now, how how that can be done is obviously, as I said, through better coordination through NERSA, um uh, ESCOM, and and the PMRE, the PMRE being the Department of Mineral Resources and, and, and Energy.
1: Mm. Uh, Bungile, uh, since that announcement was made, how many companies or entities do we know of that actually applied for the licenses, were granted licenses and have actually started producing their own uh, power sources?
0: So we do know at the moment um, NASA has relaxed their stringent requirements. Um, um, One of the requirements that they've relaxed was um, they need to have a signed uh, power purchase agreement um, as part of the requirements for the um, approval process so now that that's been relaxed that in a way can um, you know assist in in fast tracking um, projects to register and um, ensure that you know these 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 um these these um sorry but these, these permits are issued um timeously and that the. F- projects are moving fast enough to allow these projects to reach financial flows. Now, to answer a question as to how much projects have, have been registered, we know currently that 16 projects, totaling 211 megawatts, have been registered. There's a pipeline of about 58 projects, which total 5 gigawatts, um, which are in the pipeline for registration. So although the progress is slow, um, there is progress um, in, in terms of these um, embedded or Captive Power Project.
1: Very slow, I would say, given all the brouhaha, all the noise that was made around um, allowing people to independently generate or procure. So... If we're only talking at this point about, you know, the the, the negligible numbers that you've just given us, uh, how, again, um, are we going to turn this around in any meaningful way? I spoke to Sikonati Manchancha yesterday, and according to him, uh, with uh, the agreements that they have on the table already and what is to come on stream in terms of um, uh, uh, the um, uh, generation capacity that would come on stream to the grid, we will still have load shedding two years from today. So isn't this all you know taking too long? Because if we're still going to have two low shedding two years from today, what exactly are we doing? What is holding back the implementation of these so called great plans?
0: So, um, Kina, in as much as um, it, 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 remember, these projects still need to be constructed. So, a lot of them need to reach financial flows. And from there, then, um, you know, contractors who build these projects are given the notice to proceed. Um, which can take anything between 12 to 18 months to construct and commission this month. And once they are commissioned, they still need to ramp up. Um, and for, power, for solar PV and, and wind, that, the ramp up process doesn't take that long. So the ballpark of two years is, is, is reasonable, but that's primarily due to the construction of this project and, and them needing to be commissioned and ramped up before they can be fully operational.
1: Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, Bongile, um, when those, let's take the one example. Remember those, uh, I think it was 27 contracts that were signed, IPP contracts. Um, This would have been more than two years ago now. And, um, uh, you know, I unfortunately don't have access to uh, the internet right now. It's down. I'm not sure if it's because of load shedding. Uh, But I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it's more than two years ago. So where is that capacity? What sort of alleviation is that providing for us at the moment? Has it come on stream, online as yet?
0: So um, I do not want to make assumptions, but I'm assuming you're referring to the Renewable Energy in Power Producers Program. Um, so that's rolled out in different rounds. Um, so I'm, 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 I might make the assumption that you're referring to round four. Those projects, which... A bulk of them reached um, um, commercial operations date during last year and this year. Um, and you remember these projects, uh, these these rounds are rolled out in, in 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 sizes of around 2.6 gigawatts. So although those do go do go um, a bit further in adding um, a lot of a lot of generation units onto onto the grid. Um, ESCOM still does play a big part in generation capacity in South Africa. Um and I think it's roughly sitting at eighty something percent. Um and bulk of this comes from these coal fired power stations. So the 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 renewable energy program is a program that the government has sort of implemented to balance and add a lot of energy mixes into 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 the electricity sector and and, and um, to ensure that we balance out, you know, the, the, the energy or the emissions emitted from coal by balancing them out with this um, solar and wind projects to ensure that South Africa has a balance in there and has an energy mix.
1: Well, you know, just to wrap this up for now, uh, Bongile, uh, the current industrial action that we're seeing at Eskom. Um, if ESCOM and its employees do not find each other, if they don't reach some form of agreement in the hopefully foreseeable future, do we know what the contingency plans are?
0: Um, at the moment, no, I do not know what the contingency plans are, although I'm pretty much aware, as has been communicated, that um, there was an expectation that 3 to 4 gigawatts of capacity would return today, but... Um, as mentioned, that is at risk. Um, there's also about roughly between um, 15 to 18 gigawatts, which are either unavailable to due to breakdowns or under maintenance. So the picture doesn't really look good, um, because if this labour strike or action continues, as you've mentioned, then there will be delays in carrying out a lot of the maintenance and repairs. Um, which are already compounding the constrained power system.
1: Wongile James, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Analyst at Future Growth Asset Management.